I'm Allison Van Hooser, and I'm on a sold-out mission to develop highly successful leaders at all levels. In the 15 years I've been working throughout the food, financial, retail industries, and politics, I've become deeply aware of the powerful effects of leadership. In each episode, you will get strategies and actions you can use immediately in order to change you, your team, and your business. The question is, will you choose to own it? Will you put your stake in the ground and decide to do something with what you've learned today? This is Stake, the Leadership Podcast. All right, everybody, thank you all for joining me today. We are switching things up on Stake, the Leadership Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Eric Shepard. I'll introduce him in just a moment. Let me tell you why we're doing a guest today. So if you've been listening to Stake for a long time, you know that we talk about practical actions you can take to level up your leadership so that you can make a difference in your team's performance. Whenever I was in the workforce and not specifically working with leaders, I took a number of personality tests or other sort of tests that were supposed to help us build a better culture, build a stronger team. And throughout the organizations at all different levels, people had different feelings about them and people handled their results differently. And today we have an expert on assessments. Many of you may be using them in your business already, or maybe you're considering using them in the future. Eric is gonna give you some really practical, insightful information today to help you decide if you want to use them, how to use them, when to use them, and more. So let me start off by introducing Eric. For 18 years, Eric was the CEO of Question Mark, where he grew the organization's platform into a multi-million dollar operation, delivering tens of millions of assessments per year. Eric has also led industry standards and initiatives to promote best practices for assessments, learning, and interoperability. He currently serves as the chair of the IEE Learning and Technology Standards Committee Working Group, which is developing recommended practice for defining competencies. Eric currently serves as the executive director of the Talent Transformation Guild. Eric, thank you for being on the podcast today. It's my pleasure, Alison. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for the introduction. You're welcome. All right, we're going to kick things off with talking about a personality assessment that I took whenever I was in the corporate world several years ago. So we took this assessment and it gave everyone in the organization the result that told them, this is sort of what personality you are. This is who you're going to work well with. This is who you probably don't work well with. The intent of it was to help us learn how to adapt how we interact with each other so that we could get along better, so that we would feel comfortable sharing more ideas, not feel squashed in the things that we were doing in the organization. What happened was it sort of created a divide, a rub. Well, that's just you being you. Now I know what kind of personality you are, so I'm going to sort of shut that out, or I don't really fit on this team because I don't have the same personalities as each other. So I would like to kick this off with you sharing, do assessments and organizations, do they really work or can they backfire? Oh, so there's, there's almost two questions there. 
So uh, one of them, I would say, if we go back to your experience with uh, how uh, assessments kind of cause that divide, it's really for a leader to help the team understand that you want diversity on the team. So diversity is often thought about gender diversity or racial diversity, um, but it's also personality diversity. You need introverts and extroverts, uh, extroverts playing nice together. The extrovert needs to understand the benefits of the introvert and vice versa. There's pump, some people are extremely open to ideas, but they might be do so distracted with all those ideas that they never get anything done. So you need kind of the project management side. So part of the leader's responsibility is to construct a team that has a diversity of thought, diversity of personality, so that they work uh, together well to achieve the goals. Now, are personality tests useful? I think they help us understand ourselves and they help us understand others. We realize that this isn't a complete mystery. It's like, now I know why I behave the way I do. And maybe I could behave differently for the success of myself and my team. Sometimes we can get stuck in a rut that we, we have a success formula and we keep going to that success formula even when it's not successful. So when we discover what our true traits are, um, we can kind of adjust them, we can learn, and we can learn what they would call um, emotional intelligence. So the more we learn about ourselves, the more we learn about others, the more we learn how to communicate, the kind of happier and more enjoyable life we're going to end up with. I totally agree. Let's talk a little bit about emotional intelligence for a second. Because that is so important. Because you can find out what your personality is, what the personality is for the people on your team. But if they haven't developed that skill of emotional intelligence, then the assessment may not be effective for your organization. I would like to know what your thoughts are on assessing emotional intelligence and then increasing emotional intelligence. Again, you're giving me multiple questions here and there's so many things I wanna to respond to. So one thing is around personality. So your core personality traits are normally modified slowly over time or through a life event like a near-death experience or the passing of a loved one. It's those kind of things that would change your fundamental personality. Now, when you're in any situation, uh, you might uh, play naturally in that situation or you might have to modify yourself. So if you think of uh, eating in a fine dining restaurant or at a sports game or at a meeting with the executive team or with a meeting with a customer, you'll behave slightly differently. You're still the same person. You're celebrating your humanity. You know, you're not trying to be a machine. You're just naturally modifying the way you behave depending on the situation. And that's where emotional intelligence comes in because the more you can develop that, the more you can change in the circumstance. So you say in the sports game, uh, and when I'm cheering from my team and my team's winning, this behavior is acceptable. But when I'm in the boardroom, this behavior is not acceptable. And just having that self-awareness. So um, social uh, and emotional intelligence uh, does depend. It, it's more learnable as opposed to your personality traits, which are kind of more inherent to you. Okay. So the more you can layer that understanding. Now, we naturally learn social and emotional intelligence through our childhood. In fact, most uh, of our traits are developed by the age of 10. We continue to learn 
in our teenage years through um, school experiences, dating experiences. We, we learn kind of how we get rejected and, and that has an effect on our future. But when we get into workplace and especially into leadership, we need to pay attention to this. We need to learn as much as we can. Um, now, turning to the, uh, the issue of um, uh, it, how you answer a test. Now, there are ways to cheat personality tests. However, it, it's completely pointless to do it because you'll either end up with a job you're unhappy in or you're going to uh, get a report that is intended to help you that isn't going to help you. So to actually uh, be in yourself and as you take the test, you'll get the most natural response. The science and the mathematics behind these personality tests have advanced tremendously in the last five or 10 years. Um, they've been good for 20 or 30 years, but, but just the, the science. And the, what the science has helped us do is reduce the number of questions um, so personality tests used to be an hour long. Now they can be 15 minutes long, can be much shorter, deriving the same kind of um, information and thereby the same by diagnostics and, and prescriptions. Very much an educational tool. Um, and if, you, if you're lucky enough to have a mentor that can kind of, uh, that, that's trained in that assessment instrument, you can certainly develop this emotional intelligence. You just said if you have a trained mentor, that could be helpful to help you through the assessment process. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like who is the best person or how should they be trained to deliver these assessments and help people work through them? Yeah. So the risk is when you read a personality assessment, you think you're broken and and or you think you're perfect either way. But none of us are perfect. None of us are broken. It's just who we are. And so um, th there's having a coach who is kind of trained in coaching. So that person has got to uh, help you understand you're not perfect and you're not broken. There's this way, this is the way you have found to play with the world. And the, uh, now some of these things might not actually be working for you, just recognize that. Now we've been talking about personality assessments and, and emotional intelligence. There's other kind of assessments out there as well. Another one uh, is a strength finder. So, um, you know, a long time ago, we used to think that uh, we, we should fill in the valleys and the strength to look after themselves. You know, if we could just take our, turn our weaknesses into strengths, you know, we'd just be perfect. Because, uh, But through science and observations, we've learned that actually building on your strengths and recognizing your weaknesses is a much more satisfying and, and uh, holistic way to go. Because then you can say, well, I'm weak in that. I'm not particularly good I'm in uh, being detail-oriented. All right, that means I need to partner and team with someone who's detail-oriented. Or I'm really good at project management, but I'm not good at coming up with innovative ideas. Great, let me partner with someone with innovative ideas. So these strength uh, kind of uh, assessments um, will often prioritize um, your, your top five, your top uh, 10 strengths uh, and give you descriptions of, of all of your strengths. So then you can, um, you know better how to play. Sometimes you have to leverage off a weakness. It's a bit painful. So, you know, if you're not good at detail, being detail oriented, like, okay, I'm not good at it, but I'll have to do it in this circumstance because I haven't got a team member to help me. Absolutely. So, for the leaders who are listening to this, if you're leading a team, we talk a lot about in our training, putting the right people 
in the right place and that creating better productivity, better teamwork, all of that. If you were listening to what Eric said, he said that you can use assessments to help you make sure you're doing that correctly. I think a lot of times in an organization, we hire people in for one job and then they get promoted based on a lot of different factors, but you could end up in a place, you could have people who have ended up in a place that doesn't necessarily play to their strengths. And so now may be a great time. We talk about putting your stake in the ground and doing something with what you've learned today on this podcast. Finding a strengths-based assessment, making sure you are trained in a way that will help you execute that assessment in your organization the best way. And doing that with your people, making sure you've got the right people in the right place may be a great action for you to take today. Uh, Eric, is that is that where you would say people should start? If they haven't used assessments, or maybe they have and they just are thinking maybe we should do something in 2021, Where, what kind of assessment would you say they should start with? Well, of course, it would depend on the challenge that they're taking on, but I think you summed it up very well. Uh, I, I think uh, getting a team to take personality kinds of assessments and, and to do some research on that. Uh, I'm sure your organizations and other organizations would be happy to advise them on that. So personality kind of assessments, social, emotional intelligence, uh, and strength finders uh, as a, is a good combination. Now, um, if we think about the way work was 30 years ago, it, uh, there was a lot of repetitive, you're too young to remember, but there was a lot of repetitive tasks um, so whether it was assembly on a production line or it was moving paper from one side of the desk to the other. Now, we went through a period of um, computerization where we type stuff into databases and we can pull reports out and search for things easily. Now we're going into an era of artificial intelligence that is going to uh, do a lot of these repetitive tasks. It's, if there's a pattern to the task, eventually a computer is going to do it. So that means as we as individuals have to be much more cooperative, collaborative, creative, that's what humans are going to bring to the world of work. Machines are going to look after those repetitive tasks. To develop those um, skills internally, a lot of it is around 21st century skills that I've been mentioning, being creative, uh, creating uh, environments where people have psychological safety and incentives to be able to, to do their work and enjoy their work. That's becoming much more important uh, than it was um, uh, you know, one or two decades ago. I think you're exactly right. Do you want to talk about your work at the Talent Transformation Guild? I'd be happy to. So um, we formed the Guild after writing a book. So uh, as you'd mentioned before us, and uh, I'd been running a, 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 an assessment company for a long time and it felt a bit like Groundhog Day. I really wanted to kind of enhance my own uh, learning and understanding. So I, I stepped away, uh, still communicated with, uh, with friends to understand uh, how mindset and skill set supported uh, uh, outcomes, business outcomes and success. Uh, came up with this thing called the Talent Transformation Pyramid. People said, that's great, but we need more depth to it. So I wrote a book to explain it, to explain how technology is changing business models, how it's changing the requirements of talent. Uh, and in the book speak about the uh, um, assessing individuals, assessing teams, assessing organizations. Um, after I published the book, there was still uh, people asking me questions. 
And uh, during the, the writing of the book, we produced a lot of what I call digital debris. It was kind of really useful stuff, but it just didn't naturally fit into the book. So we started publishing this work through the Guild. So podcasts, webcasts, uh, um, and, and, web, uh, and uh, blog articles with the purpose of helping people understand and stay relevant as change is embracing us. So we know that uh, technology is gonna drive change. We know that's gonna change the future of work. And so we're just trying to help leaders uh, get this 360 view of kind of what's happening. So that's the, uh, the goal of the Guild um, it, through, well, we have a lot of free content. So we have a lot of followers and subscribers and our members tend to be executive coaches or people that are in that coaching kind of field because they want additional services that uh, they get from membership. In our training, we teach that leaders, part of what your responsibility now in today's world is coaching. I think that whether you are a consultant or uh, Thank you. Yes. a coach 100% of the time as a leader, that's part of your responsibility. So I would highly recommend that you check out Eric's website. Is it talenttransformationguild.com? Is that the website? Yes, uh, talenttransformation.com as well, but talenttransformation.guild would also work. And then your book, Talent Transformation, they can get that on Amazon, correct? They can, absolutely. Eric, we've got a few more minutes. Well, what's something that you would want to leave listeners with when it comes to using assessments in their workplace? What would you say would be the number one action item they should take away from this podcast? Well, the number one action is to discover how assessments can help them, especially in developing uh, 21st century skills, team collaboration. Um, also, just uh, it's not really an action item, but recognizing there's a difference between behaviors and skills. So we, if we have functional skills such as uh, using Microsoft Word or developing software or using machine or splicing cables together, these are more functional skills. We can assess those with, um, with tests and, and by observation, but they're kind of different. One is about behaviors and one is about skills. Um, again, in the past, we, we tended in business to focus on skills. This, can someone splice two cables together? Can someone do this? So do they know and can they do? Now it's, can they behave in a way where what they know and do is actually useful to the organization? So skills are still important. There's lots of initiatives out there to kind of join up education and employers. Um, so one action, if you find you have a skill shortage, wander down to your uh, community college and, and ask how they can help because education, especially during these times, is trying to work out how they can help employers. These online uh, universities, online colleges are fantastic. So just to, if you wanna have a program to uh, educate about diversity and inclusion or educate on emotional intelligence. There's a lot of online courses uh, available out there. So, um, you know, t recognize all of these resources and, and take advantage of them. For the listeners, I would ask you today, if you're driving, if you're doing dishes, if you are working on something in the office, listening to this podcast, think about your team. What are your needs right now? Assessments can likely help you be able to drive performance in your organization in whatever way that you need to right now. The question is, will you put your stake in the ground and take action? Will you do something with what you've learned today? 
my hope, I'm sure Eric's hope is that you will. Please check out his book on Amazon, the website, talenttransformationguild.com. I can't wait to hear from you how you use assessments in your workplace to drive performance. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For the links to everything mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes. And if you'd like more practical, tactical leadership development content, go to www.vanhooser.com for my weekly blog and all the links to my social media channels. And if it makes sense to start improving the leadership skills of your managers and supervisors, let's talk about training options for your team. Email me at allison at vanhooser.com. Leaders, make the choice today to put your stake in the ground and own your leadership success. This is Stake, the Leadership Podcast.